What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Cox Sports Podcast. I'm Jackson Cox. And I'm Carson Cox. That was our second podcast. Uh, we really appreciate all the love you guys showed us on our first podcast. It really means a lot to us. You know, uh, we're just kind of starting out fresh, just trying to make a run at this thing. So we really appreciate you guys' support. And shout out to the two people in Finland. Um, the support from there all over the country is huge. So thank you so much for that. We're live in Finland, France, and Germany. So yeah. I'm feeling pretty good for our first podcast. Yeah, first no podcast. Doubt, no good. doubt. So this is going to be our second podcast. Today we're going to be doing um, NBA Season Awards 2020. Um, as you guys know, the season has been postponed. Um, the date is still yet to be determined. But uh, we're pretty much going to go ahead and try to make the predictions on what the awards would have been um, if the season had continued. Um, so our categories for the awards start with Executive of the Year, then we'll go to Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, and then finally MVP. Uh, Carson, I guess you could maybe explain to them how we decided to choose these people. Yeah, so for each category, it was pretty basic. We just chose the top three, whether it was executive, coaches, or players in that category, and we're going to address them all, and then we're obviously going to address a winner. So uh, do you want to get started? Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get started, definitely. All right, Uh, Executive of the Year. At number three, I had Andy Ellisberg of the Miami Heat. Uh, the Miami Heat this year, I think, really exceeded expectations. Their roster on paper doesn't really look that impressive, but on the court, great defensive team. They're so good at home. God, I mean, yeah. best record in the league at home. And getting Jimmy Butler was huge. They nailed the draft pick of Tyler Hero, who I wanted the Celtics to get so bad. I know, I but I still them. believe in Romeo Langford. But mm-hmm. Tyler Hero has been a baller for yeah, the Heat. No uh, Kendrick Nunn's been great for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the development of Bam Adebayo, oh my goodness. I mean, all-star this year. Um, he's a great player. So the development of their team as a whole and the way they've been managed, I think he deserves to be there. Yeah, you, you, you can just see that Jimmy's a lot more comfortable in Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after you know a couple pit stops, not really working out for him, mm-hmm. I think hopefully he's finally found a place that he can be there for a long time, uh, you know, a long period of time and have some success. Because I mean, I, I like his game a lot. I think um, I think he does a lot of things well on the court. He's very well rounded. Literally, probably top five, like most well rounded player. I mean, he I does it all pretty much, and his stats show that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I love that the Miami Heat players buy into his leadership. You know, yeah, some definitely. players find him harsh, as they saw in Minnesota and that. I guess Philly, but. You know, the heroes, Tyler Heroes, Bam, they've really bought into his type yeah, of leadership, right. and it shows that it's been successful. So I think the Miami Heat, in the way they're managed, definitely deserve that number three spot. Agreed. Um, at number two, I have Rob Palinka, kind of questionable for that number one spot, but I had to leave him at number two. He is first in the West with the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, the huge acquisition of Anthony Davis mm-hmm. really gave them a boost from last year, not making the playoffs. Uh, the only little downside I see was giving up a lot of their future assets, players and picks. Give up for him. A huge hit. Um, but regardless, they're number one in the West. Yeah. And last year with their guys, they weren't in the playoffs, so a huge improvement. Um, but yeah, the only flaw I see is giving up the draft picks, mostly the players. You know, I can live with, but the draft picks I think might hurt with LeBron DJ. Yeah, I mean, I think they tried to make it work with. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo and Jordan Clarkson. I think they tried to make it work with them and LeBron. And I think LeBron was pretty much like after that first season was like, you know, like if you don't get me a superstar, uh, this is going to be an unhappy uh, partnership we have here. So Yeah, and he uh, doesn't like playing with rookies. I mean, he traded Andrew Wiggins back with Cleveland for Kevin Love. I mean, he likes, you know, veterans, developed stars. So I think he tried to make a run at it with them in the first season. Obviously didn't work. He had the groin, but regardless, I don't think they would have been in the playoffs or really made an impact. So... 
Yeah, but I give Rob Plinka. I mean, he's done a great job, so I give him that number two spot. Right, right. And then for me, number one, I give DeMichael Winger of the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, acquiring Paul George and Kawhi, that is absolutely franchise moving. It's ridiculous. Uh, being second in the West is actually a surprise to me because I never saw this team being good in the regular season mm-hmm. because of Paul George's shoulder, shoulder surgery and Kawhi, obviously – on that load management, not playing every game. So the fact that they're number two, I think is astonishing. I saw them being maybe third or fourth, but I mean, being confident at number two with the Nuggets trailing, but I don't find the Nuggets that big of a threat. So I give Michael Winger that number one spot for what all he's done. With the yeah, Los Angeles I agree. Clippers. No, he's, he's a good one. Um, so for mine, uh, we had we had some similar names, uh, just a little bit different rankings. Um, so I put Winger at number three for mine. Um, like you were saying, some people would be maybe, you know, happy with their uh, progress so far in the regular season. Um, they had really come on strong as of late. They kind of, uh, they, you know, they, they kind of struggled out of the gate a little bit with their injuries, of course, to both Kawhi and Paul George. Um, Paul George, like, that's shoulder surgery. Happened. Yeah, I know. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, I think that acquisition of Marcus Morris would have been absolutely huge. Yeah, he's um, kind of underperforming, but yeah, I mean, but at the time, it was huge. I would have liked him in the, the playoffs for that team. Absolutely. I love it. Um, Reggie so, Jackson, too, great develop, you know, point guard veteran, was on those OKC teams. Agreed. 15 points per game. It was a great acquisition. Yeah, but I was, I was a little bit disappointed with them so far. But, of course, I definitely could have, um, you know, seen them making a big playoff push. Yeah. Um, at number two... I went with uh, John Horst from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he is actually the defending executive of the year. Um, and the Bucks were on pace to have the best record in the Got league. A historic season for them. I mean, yeah. they were pushing 72 and 10 for a little while. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of fell off at the end uh, before the cancellation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's put together. I mean, obviously Giannis is the glue that holds that team together. But they have some really good role players. And that, that unit really plays well together. And it shows. Um, I was – I mean – I was expecting them to definitely make uh, the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, I love the way he set up their team. You know, Giannis being the shown star, and then every other player kind of has a role. You know, Chris Middleton's obviously the Robin to Giannis Batman, and then you have Eric Bledsoe being the defensive player that he is. Brooke Lopez, you know, establishing that three ball has really been impressive. Um, And, you know, just the depth on the bench, I think they were going to be the clear favorites out of the East. But, yeah, John Horst, great job what he's done with Milwaukee. No doubt. And then my number one, I went with Rob Polenka from the Lakers. Um, I just think the acquisition to go out and get AD um, was just a huge move. Um, You know, I think it was definitely probably uh, LeBron was probably pushing for it. And I think for him to respond after that first season and, uh, you know, really just be like, you know, we're not going to sit here and have – arguably the greatest player of all time um, on our team and not be pushing for the finals every yeah. single year. Um, so I think his ability to go out and get AD, regardless of how you know debatable the price may have been as far as the picks and the players, um, I think he's done a great job as well as building a very, you know, just a veteran core with Rondo, Dwight Howard. They just recently picked up Markeith Morris, which would have been great to see him and Marcus play against each yeah, other eventually yeah. in the playoffs. That would have been like so intense. I was really looking forward to that playoff matchup potentially in the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe. I mean, sorry, Western Conference Finals. But um, yeah, no, I think I think the job Polenko's done has been um, second to none. Uh, of course, I agree. Winger with Kawhi and PG is a big one, but um, I think he probably, I think Polinka had a little bit more pressure on him to go out and get that superstar, and I think his ability to do that, and as well as uh, building a veteran core. One thing that I didn't really like about Polinka was how he toyed at the trade deadline last year with the Pelicans. Got yeah. hearing those trade packages. I mean, what 
those players must have been thinking, you know, the yeah. Ingram Lonzo, like, well, I don't want to play here if, you know, I'm getting shopped for Anthony Davis this early and then they didn't even pull the trigger on it. I mean, it was shown that they were on a downward spiral, but I don't really, I didn't really like the way he handled that. But, I mean, getting the job done in the offseason is all that I mean, I don't necessarily think point, that's but, all on him. I think it can be, I think from, that's more of an organizational standpoint. I mean, it's not sure. just him making the moves. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people in his ear telling him, you know, what they want to do and what the best, you know, direction for the organization is. So, um, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, they got their guy. I agree, may have been controversial the way they did it, but at the end of the day, I think that they did a great job doing that, and I really would have seen them making a big run yeah, in the playoffs interesting with ad being a free agent if he comes back i assume he will but you know always has his options open right so moving on to defensive player of the year so this was a difficult one um i there there are a lot of guys that really jumped out to me um when i was looking up their stats and um the impact they've had this year uh, thus far um so starting at the bottom uh number three i went with ben simmons um you know surprisingly to me when i was looking up the stats uh you know 2.1 steals per game which is first in the nba that's uh you know that, that that's a pretty big number to me yeah um absolutely. for him to be leading the nba in steals uh really shows that he is you know trying to make the defense a part of his you know identity yeah. um on the court which is a big deal um as well as grabbing 7.8 rebounds a game um and i just think at the end of the day you know, his size, you know, when he, ma- and pretty much anyone he matches up with at the point guard position, um, I mean, of course, you know, based on matchups, he might be guarding players that are a little bit bigger, but um, he is going to win that defensive battle. Um, you know, he's quick, he's long, um, and he's obviously, his hands are amazing. I mean, to have 2.1 steals a game uh, is seriously impressive. Um, you know, just just a, a really good all-around player. So he was, he was in my three spot. Um, yeah, that's the least he could do for being an absolute terrible offensive player, the least he could do is be number three in your defensive chart. I appreciate that. He, if you guys haven't uh, been able to tell yet, Carson is a big-time Ben Simmons hater. Um, the verdict's still out for me on him as far as his overall game. It's the least he could do is be on the chart. The All least right. defensive. The All least right. he could do. All right. That's a, little bit, that's a little bit harsh, bro, I would give you. But, I mean, he's. I, I think he's done a pretty good job in Philadelphia. I mean, of course, his play, I didn't – he absolutely done it in the playoffs against the Celtics, no doubt about it. He was absolutely awful. But um, I think as he grows as a player, he's going to be effective in somewhere. It might, it might not be Philadelphia. Um, I might actually like him better if he changes the scenery a little bit. Yeah, um, I hope so. Kind of. So coming at the two spot, um, I actually went with Hassan Whiteside. Uh, this is a player that has kind of flown under the radar this season. Um 3.1 blocks per game, first in the NBA with that. That's a that's a huge number to be leading the NBA in blocks. A guy like Rudy Gobert is out there, you know, Andre Drummond, um, you know, to be, you know, number one with that stat is a big-time deal for me. Um, also 14.2 rebounds per game, which is second in the league. Um, I mean, he's having a monster year in Portland. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, the, he's one of the guys that really used his change of scenery to elevate his game to new levels. Um, I've been seriously impressed with his progression in Portland. Um and, you know, I, it was debatable whether or not he was going to be my one or two, but I just didn't really think that uh, at the end of the day, um, he has quite the impact that my number one player has um, on the floor, regardless of stats. Um, so for my number one, I went with Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, he would have ran away with the award this year. Um, 13.7 rebounds per game, which is tied for third in the league. Uh, that's a career high for him as well. And he also leads the league in defensive rebounds. Um, and, you know, he, I mean, he, he has the whole package as far yeah. as his length, his ability to grab boards, you know, make impact plays on the defensive end. Um, you know, I don't think there's anyone in the league that makes the kind of plays Giannis can make on a daily basis. Um, 
you know, he's always out there. Um, and I mean, his his ability to rebound and um, defend the rim is second to none. Yeah, in my, opinion. my favorite video is Ben Simmons trying to back down Giannis in the paint, Bro. and Giannis just standing there like a wall. Yeah, I mean, just showing that his versatility is one through five. I mean, because yeah. he can literally guard Ben Simmons and then go down, go down and guard Joel Embiid. I right. mean, that's just astonishing on the defensive end. Yeah, and he no does doubt. it night in and night out. And and also, I mean, I would say with his offensive uh, numbers as well, his ability to still be an effective God. defensive player just shows his work ethic. Um, so, yeah, that would be my defensive player of the year. Um, what were your differences as far as your rankings? Um, I had number three at Rudy Gobert. Okay. Uh, I had to give Rudy Gobert the respect for being the rating defensive player of the year. Uh, 2.0 blocks per game and 0.8 steals. Uh, I really just put him in uh, because, obviously, he's the defensive player of the year rating. Based on pedigree. Yeah. yeah, literally based on pedigree. Um, yeah, and I couldn't put Ben Simmons in there. I'm glad you gave him a mention. But I couldn't put him in there. And I actually have all big men on my list, which is interesting. Okay. And at number two, I have Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis, 2.4 blocks and 1.5. 1.5 steals as a big man. I had to put him in at my number two. Yep. Uh, he was definitely – Top three on a lot of charts that I saw. Also a 7.1 defensive rebounds. Uh, he's been huge. He's a de- the defensive anchor for that Laker team. Agreed. Considering, I mean, Avery Bradley kind of old. But as far as, you know, big men on the defensive end, I think he's been huge. Moves his feet well, too. Yeah. Not, not afraid to so step long. out on point guards, so either. Long. Like, he yeah. will he will literally step out an ISO against a point guard. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, at least, like, you know, three or four times a game and not have trouble, you know. So. I agree. And then at number one, I had Giannis. Uh, just really emphasizing his versatility. Really, just the only player I think that can efficiently guard one through five on the court right. and not have a single issue. Right. And it's crazy because he doesn't need to do that because that's how good their team defense is, mm-hmm. is that he doesn't need to be a great defensive player, but he is. And he's also one of the best, if not the best, offensive player. That he, I mean, I was league, looking so. at a lot of charts and was seeing Chris Middleton even on the I defensive mean, player of the year list. I mean, you know, they have some guys on their team. I mean, Brooke Lopez, too. Brooke Lopez is like second in the league yeah. in blocks. I mean, he's – I mean, they have got some defensive anchors on their team, and they're very underrated as a unit. Say there, I remember playing fantasy basketball. Whenever I had a center, anybody going up against the Bucks, their points would not yes. be at their average. It would always be down. So just their team, and then Giannis shining as the single star. I think you have to have him at defensive player of the year for me. Agreed. All right, and moving on to coach of the year. Uh, coach of the year was kind of hard for me. It was uh, interesting to see, you know, the people from last year, and then comparing to this year. Um, but you can go ahead with your coach of the year list if okay. you would like to. Yeah, of course. Um, so at number three, I had Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors. I mean, you know, if we didn't have the Bucks and the Lakers having such a good year, I mean, the Raptors, what a year so far. Yeah. I mean, 46 and 18, third in the league. I mean, I would have not thought that team no. would have bounced back the way they have after losing Kawhi. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's done an absolutely phenomenal job. I mean, they were up at one point. I mean, they had like a 14, like maybe 12, yeah. 14 game winning streak at one point. I mean, they, you know, they've been running, uh, you know, the East. I mean, that, them and the Bucks are right there. And, you know, with the Bucks are falling off as of recent, you know, um, before the cancellation, I mean, they're only six games back. I mean, they could have made a run. Yeah. Um, so great job from Nick Nurse, in my opinion. And um, you know, also being able to, you know, step in that position after the firing of Dwayne Casey. Yeah. A lot of pressure there. And 20, he really, I mean, because he because he's twenty seventeen coach yeah. of the year right there. And you I know, mean, he really stepped up to the plate and he mean won a championship. For right. Him. So definitely up there for top three. Right. Uh, so at number two, I had Frank Vogel from the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you know, of course, a lot of people are going to, you know, argue, does Frank Vogel actually coach the team with LeBron James on the court? Because LeBron is essentially a player coach. Uh, but 
nonetheless, uh, you have to be able to, you know, energize the entire unit, which I think he's been able to do. I think the team is playing, uh, you know, for each other. And I think that with the veteran core, I think that they've done an outstanding job, you know, a lot of new faces and that sometimes doesn't work out. You know, I mean, sometimes it can be, it, it can be tough to, um, come into a team and just immediately provide, um, when you have so many new faces. Um, so, you know, with, a with a 49 and 14 record, uh, second best in the league, you know, I mean, I think he's just done an outstanding job. Um, and with uh, my number one spot, uh, I'm going with Mike Budenholzer from the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the defending coach of the year. Uh, they were sitting at best record in the league with 53 and 12. I think at the end of the day, he would have ran away with the award. A lot of times, I think, I mean, a, a lot of times I feel like this award is a little bit based on record, um, unless you just have a team that you kind of like take from the bottom and just kind of like take them all the way up. Um, but Milwaukee's been a juggernaut for a few years now. And um, I think he definitely deserves the award. Um, I think they were going to finish with potentially still having, you know, in the teens as far as losses. Um, so uh, I think Mike Budenholzer would have won back-to-back awards. Uh, where did you differ? Uh, I think our one and three is switch. I have Mike Budenholzer at three. Really? Uh, being the coach of the year last year, you know, really keeping the same core. core. Losing Malcolm Brogdon, though, was key. They've really obviously done a great job with yeah. the big know, not having them. But um, having it last year and still having Giannis, um, I have him at third. Definitely top coach in the league. But compared to these other guys, uh, number two, Frank Vogel, first seeded with the Lakers. It's crazy. Literally, people thought that – the Lakers hired Jason Kidd just to yeah, sit behind right. Frank Vogel for a year, and then he was just going to take his spot. But no, Frank Vogel has been everything and more, first seed in the West. That I mean, remains to be seen, though, because, you know, if LeBron has a problem with him. Bro, no, that's true. Him out, bro. Jason Very Kidd true. might beat up next, bro. I say Ty Lue's in L.A. as an assistant coach, yeah. so he might try to slide in. Say, yeah, he's got some guys behind him that could definitely make a run of his job. I mean, because at the end of the day, I do kind of think a head coach is a little bit disposable. I mean, it's I not. Agree. I mean, you know, there, there are a few, like, with the exception of, you know, Brad Stevens and, like, Nick Nurse especially. Yeah. Um, but no, but yeah, Frank Vogel, I just think with all that pressure on his back, I, I think agree. he's really shined. So I have him at number two and number one, Nick Nurse. Uh, losing arguably the best player in the league and not even having one single setback and being second in the East is ridiculous. And I think that, you know, when you have the emergence of Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet being able to get those guys to a you know, second seed in the East is absolutely exceptional. Uh, replacing Dwayne Casey, just that pressure from last year mm-hmm. on his back. But, you know, he broke through and he won them a championship. So I have him winning my coach of the year just with what he's done with the, you know, talent that he's had, especially this year, making that Pascal Siakam the superstar of their team. Yeah, so. I mean, I think I, I, just, I just think at the end of the day, um, I think Budenholzer probably would have got it um, based on merit and also based on record. Um, I think he probably would have ran away with it. No, um, I, I like I like I like the Nick Nurse shout. I mean, I had him at three. But, yeah. um, Love my boy Nick Nurse. Yeah, definitely. Great job with what he's done with the Raptors. All right, Rookie of the Year up next. Uh, would you like to go ahead and do it? Uh, rookie of the Year. At number three, I had Tyler Hero. Uh, Tyler wow. Hero, 12.9 points per game, four rebounds, two assists, four-seeded heat. Uh, I mean, he's a closer already in his rookie year. He hits big shots. Uh, I think he's re- been a really good core for the Heat team. Like I said, uh, you know, I wanted him on the Celtics, obviously. It didn't happen, but I think – in the years to come, he's going to be a big closer for them, especially with Jimmy Butler this year kind of struggling from the three-point line. He gives them that three-point shooter, no, it's, and it's, that's what they need. Him and Duncan Robinson have done an exceptional job in that. 
So I had about my number three. Yeah, it's un, it's it's undoubted that his shot has been able to translate to the NBA game, which yeah. I was a little bit worried about. Um, he was a little bit streaky at Kentucky yeah, at times. Um, he's been able to shoot at a decent clip. I mean, I'm sure his percentages aren't outstanding, but I think as he as he goes along, he's going to prove he's going to show that he's going to be a you know lethal shooter in the league for a while. Yeah, I really like his swag. You know, he kind of yeah, he his does. Own. He does. And uh, you know, I had him at my number three. Gives me gives me some Kyle guy vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number two, I had Zion. Zion Williamson. I mean, 23.6 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists. Uh, I mean, if he played the whole season, I think I'd have him at number one. But just the sample size wasn't quite enough for me. Yeah. But I don't even think it would have been enough if they would have finished the season, especially with what my number one has done. Yeah. But, God, oh, my God. Yeah, Zion I mean, Williamson has arrived, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Uh, him and Lonzo, absolutely lethal connection. I think he just – he plays above the rim. And he has gained some weight, but I think that's going to help him. He might need to lose a little bit, but I think his size and his explosion off the ground. I mean, twenty. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's, he's completely silenced the haters. I mean, I dude, if you, I'm, I'm sorry, but if you were hating on Zion Williamson coming into this, into the NBA, I mean, you know, you might, you, you might have had a few points, but he's literally played 19 games, and man, is already going. I mean, I mean, he's he's going to be an All Star next I year. Agree. I mean, there's 100%. no doubt. Um, I mean, but the only problem with that is, like you said only playing 19 games, I don't think I can give him rookie of the no. year. Um, you know, just not enough of a sample size for me. Also, injuries, I'm kind of worried about with him. I am. Of course, that's always going to be something that's going to be in the back of your mind. But um, there's just no doubt that this guy is going to produce at a high level in the NBA, um, barring, of course, unforeseen yeah. circumstances. But uh, he is a he, he is a star, and he is, he, he is going to do great things. I never really understood the hate. I mean, if you watched him at Duke, you cannot tell me you've seen another – talented basketball player playing above the rim like he did in college I mean he's absolutely just you know done what everybody I at least what I thought he was going to do in the NBA and then at number one I think it's pretty obvious John Morant uh 17.6 points per game seven assists three and a half rebounds and of course the Grizzlies has the number eight seed That's and I think it's almost completely led by him oh, and yeah. he's so young and I just think his impact for a single team so far, although, I mean, people were, I mean, the Pelicans did have a chance, you know, for that eight seed, but mm -hmm. I mean, of course we never got to saw. So John Morant, definitely number one in my book. And of course, the longevity of what he's been doing. I think he definitely deserves that number one spot in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, no, my, my rankings uh, were the same. We had the same one and two. I went with Jot one, Zion at two, um, three. I gave Kendrick Nunn a shout yeah, out. I was going to give him a shout, but uh, 15.6 points per game. Uh, he's played in 62 games and started every single one of them as an undrafted rookie yeah, like that is a little bit unprecedented I mean and you know like we were taught we were given the heat praise earlier you know I mean he's a huge contributor for that team you know um and that team's looking to make a run of the Eastern Conference Finals um if the season resumes so I mean you know for him to be able to just come in immediately and make an impact and uh you know for a team that's you know potentially could make a run of the finals for all you know but uh yeah you know I had to give him a shout um just has done outstanding things. I mean, 15.6 points per game as a rookie, especially right. undrafted. I mean, just, you know, out of nowhere, I mean, literally probably just clung on, like literally just clung on to their, uh, to their G league team or their, you know, uh, summer league team yep. and just, you know, made the roster. I mean, that's just super impressive. So really impressed with him. Yeah. Great story from Kendrick Nunn too. Love yeah, to watch him play with, of course, the combination of hero. Yeah. All right. Moving on to sixth man of the year. 
Uh, yeah, this one was I had I had a really hard time with this one. I'm not gonna I did lie. Too. Oh my goodness, um, I struggled. I you know, struggle. there there are some people that I really wanted to put in there. Um, and then of course, there's always the debate what what really qualifies as sixth man. You know, like we were having a problem with uh, like Spencer Dinwiddie because you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, he is probably the Brooklyn Nets sixth man. But the problem is, is that Kyrie's been out most of the year. Yeah, he started. He's those yeah, starts. you know, he's gotten so many starts. So we tried to do it uh, based off of people that you know do not have it like double digit starts. I mean, yeah. they, they are pretty much bona fide sixth and or seventh man based off of, you know, I mean, you know, you can kind of have that debate on whether or not they're the sixth or seventh mm-hmm. man, but uh, now, yeah, you go ahead and with your uh, number three, I had Lou Williams, uh, okay. Lou Williams, 18.7 points per game, five assists, three rebounds. Of course, a part of the two seeded Clippers. Uh, the reason he's at my number three spot down two points from last year, yeah, average, I saw, I saw uh, 20 that. points per game last year. Uh, and he won the award last year. So, um, yeah, just because of the downgrade, which is, I mean, of course, I thought was going to happen with the addition of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But uh, he's kind of struggled as of late. Started off strong, was up in that 20-point range. But uh, he's dropped down to 18.7 points, so I had to give him my number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Montrez Harrell, 18.6 points, seven rebounds. Uh, of course, same team, two-seeded Clippers. Uh, I just think his emergence – Gave me that edge over Lou Williams. Lou Williams has been doing this for a long time. But Montrez really just not coming out of nowhere, but he's been a big part of this Clippers team, and he was a big part last year in the Absolutely. Warriors series. So I think his emergence, especially coming off the bench, is tough for a big man because they start Zubach. So, uh, yeah. yeah, his emergence, I had to give him the nod over Lou Williams. And then number one, I had Fred VanVleet. Uh, Fred VanVleet. Interesting, interesting shot. Uh, 18 points per game, 6.6 assists, three rebounds, two steals per game for Fred, Fred VanVleet. Uh, of course, I love the Raptors because, you know, just how they've exceeded expectations. I love their roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kyle Lowry, you know, being good as a regular season, as we kind of addressed yesterday, a good regular season points per game guy yeah. kind of struggles in the playoffs. Uh, of course, this is regular season awards, but Fred VanVleet, I mean, coming behind a solid point guard like Lowry and still averaging, you know, 18 points per game, I had to give him the nod, especially with how well the Raptors have played this year at the two seeds. So I had to give mine to Fred VanVleet. I would say VanVleet is coming for Lowry's job, bro. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that his ability to perform in the playoffs um, and Lowry's inability to perform in the playoffs, pretty much, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Van Vliet still got a lot of years, isn't even in his prime yet. So. 1.9 steals per game. That is crazy for Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. That's really what I think, compared with Lou Williams, awful on defense. Trez, I mean, he's okay on defense, but he's a big man, mm-hmm. kind of undersized. But Fred Van Vliet, I mean, two steals a game. I think that's a game he's good shot. Um, yeah, so we had we had some similar names, a little bit different rankings. About three, I had Montrez Harrell, um, you know, one of the best undersized big men in the league. You know, to be averaging, you know, to with his height, um, averaging eighteen points and seven rebounds. I mean, he is he's putting up big numbers off the bench. Yeah. You know, I you know you were you were saying how Zubak is the starter. I think that's almost kind of a little bit like a mental thing for Montrez. I think yeah. he almost prefers coming off the bench. I think the Clippers kind of realized that. Um, uh, at, at number two, I had Lou Williams. Um, so 18.7 points per game, as you know, Carson was saying. Um, you know, shooting 36.3% from three was a little bit of a question mark for me. Um, that's a little bit low. Um, of course, he is the back-to-back. He's won the award back-to-back years. Yeah. So he is, without a doubt, the um, the star sixth man in the league as of right now. I love his closing ability. I yes. mean, you can really take the weight off Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in a way, and you can give the ball to Lou in the fourth quarter, and you can tell him to get me a bucket, and I think he does that yeah. almost as good as anybody. Yeah, he's, you know, he, he's one of those guys that I think could really step into pretty much any team and really just make an immediate impact yeah. um, with his offensive ability. Yeah. His ISO game is insane. I agree. Um, but my number one – 
I had to give to Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City I Thunder. Love it. I love Dennis Schroeder. Um, you Dennis know, Schroeder. I mean, when I was looking up his stats, I did not realize, uh, you know, he's having a really good year. Yeah. 19 points per game, shooting 38% from three, which is better than Lou Williams. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year, Dennis Schroeder is going to shoot at a better clip than Lou Williams from three, I would have said, you're kidding me. That's ridiculous. Nah, man, this guy is balling right now. A surprise candidate for me. But at the end of the day, I think he deserves recognition because of the impact that he's had on that Thunder team like we were talking about yesterday. Yeah. That Thunder team, out of nowhere. Absolutely I mean, nowhere. they you know they are making runs in the West. I mean, they are not far off from being a top-four team in the West. And to me, that's like one of the biggest surprises. I, would, I mean, you know, Billy Donovan uh, for Coach of the Year Absolutely. you know, is actually something to you know think about. I don't think he'd win it, but I mean, he definitely deserves some consideration. Yeah, talk about a strange little three-headed monster over yeah. there in Thunder as far as guards go with Chris Paul, Shea Gilchrist, Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Never would I thought they'd merge and, you know, play the way that they've been playing, but I mean, they've yeah, done I mean, a great Gilchrist job. Alexander and Schroeder have uh, career years, and Dennis Schroeder's the triple backup point guard, know, and he's ridiculous. still so. Yeah, I, I went with Schroeder for my sixth man of the year. I think he deserves it. Um, I think Lou just has fallen off a of, uh, you know enough that it's Schroeder's time no, to great uh, get the award. Definitely. Moving on to most improved, mm-hmm. this was also a tough one for me. Um, some big names in there for me, um, but I think at the end of the day, I think. There was only one candidate that you really could have chosen for number one, but there's always some arguments to be made. Um, so I'll go ahead. Um, at number three, I'm with Bam Adebayo from Miami Heat. So, uh, you know, this is a player this year that really has, you know, jumped out to me. I had him on fantasy, really took a risk with him, drafted him like Great up. Pick. Yeah, I mean, I drafted him high in the draft. I was feeling it. I don't know why. I was just feeling Bam Adebayo. Um, 16.2 points per game, 10.5 rebounds. Um, first all-star appearance. I mean, you know, he's just taken a jump from, I mean, I mean, I think he's increased his points per game by eight this yeah, year. I mean, ridiculous. I think last year he, I think last year he averaged in somewhere in the ballpark of like eight points a game, six rebounds. I mean, to be averaging a double double in this league is impressive. Um, and you know, he's still so young. Um, so yeah, no, m- most improved, definitely number three for me. Um, not c- couldn't really make a run at one or two, but definitely a, a year that der- deserves some uh, praise. So and number two, I had Brandon Ingram. Uh, this could be controversial with my one and two. You know, a lot of people are giving Brandon Ingram the shout for most improved. Uh, 24.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, uh, 4.3 assists. Uh, you know, I mean, he has jumped from, you know, a guy that, you know, is pretty much just like a starter, a good starter in the league to averaging 24 a game and being an all-star. I mean, out of nowhere, you know, I mean, he talked about somebody, somebody that was getting some hate was him on the Lakers. I mean, people were yeah. just like, you know, this guy's not, I mean, you know, they took a huge risk drafting him so high. I mean, people thought he was going to be good, you know, has the, has the Kevin Durant body type thinking that he's going to be like a knockdown shooter. But you know what? This year he's proved that, you know, if he can go out there and play. I mean, 24 points a game in this league is, I mean, that's that's all-star superstar numbers right there. Um, you know, just a little stat that I found that was really interesting to kind of just show that, you know, how much his confidence even has improved is he's improved his free throw percentage by 18%. He's shooting, last year he shot 67%, this year 85 I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that just shows you that, leaving LA and kind of going to the Pelicans was just something that he really needed. He needed a change of scenery. He needed to be out of the limelight a little bit and just kind of like really work on his game. And I think it's shown no doubt. Um, And number one, uh, I think this is a little bit not really debatable, but you know, people were, I mean, the odds at least had Brandon Ingram really close with this guy, but uh, at number one, I had Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks as my most improved player. Um, 28.7 points per game, 9.3 rebounds and 8.7 assists. I mean, dude has jumped from 
an all-star to an MVP candidate within a year. And I mean, that to me was why he got, that's why I gave him the nod over Ingram was because, you know, I mean, Ingram, while that is a big jump, jumping from, you know, being the rookie of the year and, you know, you know, having a great, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had a great year last year, but doing that and then in your second year being an MVP candidate is, is, you know, not many players can say they've done that. Um, So for me, I don't, while I don't think he'll get the nod for MVP, I think he deserves an eye for most improved. He deserves an award this year. He, you know, you can't deny the impact that he's had on this league too. I mean, he's taken the league by storm yeah. and he's been one of the biggest stories this year. Um, you know, and he's got the Mavericks playing good basketball. I mean, you know, I'd really like to see him in the playoffs. Um, I'd really like to see what he'd be able to do. Um, but yeah, no, Luke got number one for me. Uh, uh, my list, I love the Brandon Ingram shout, but I had to give this person at number three the nod for me, and that's Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum, 23.6 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, uh, being, you know, the same way a starter to an all-star, but coming off the bench, of course, for the all-star team. But really the only nod that gave me was the Celtics as a whole, their record being yeah. in the playoffs, Brandon Ingram, uh, as a, at least not right now, being in the playoffs. But Tatum going from, you know, the great maybe two or three guy, but he is, I think, number, number one, one yeah, for the Celtics. Celtics yeah. uh, I, mean, I, th- I think he's I think he's been the Celtics best player. I mean, player his year. developing of that sidestep three-pointer and the step-back three-pointer, an absolute deadly weapon. Uh, his ability to get to the basket uh, has finishing issues around the basket, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I mean, his points per game going up to 23.6, I mean, that is big time right there. For that, that game against the Clippers this year was oh like, God. dude, he introduced himself. His coming out party. Yes, man. He and was, then, I mean, dude, that step-back on Paul George, bro, that yeah. was one of the most cold-blooded shots. Absolute ankle-breaker, and of course, the game against the Lakers, too, in L.A. Yes. God, yes. 39. Just, just taking it all over the dog. court. He's a I bad mean, man. Bad man, Jason Tatum. And it's hard to, you know, put defensive players on him because he has just enough quickness to get by the bigs. He mm-hmm. can hit the step back. And then on guards, he's just too big. Right. And his post game is so good that he can take him down to the post, hit a post fadeaway, or he can just take it to the bucket. So, just all around offensive game. is just outstanding. Yeah, so I had him at number three. Not biased at all, by no, the way. Not, not biased, biased at all. all. Uh, number two, I had Bam Adebayo. Uh, Bam Adebayo, like you said, 16 points per game, 10 rebounds, uh, compared to 8.9 points per game and 7 rebounds. Of course, I mean, you could say this guy, I mean, a bench player last year and making the all-star team this year. I mean, that leap is, for me, I think it was unforeseen. I did not see Bam Adebayo becoming an all-star. But he has absolutely proved me wrong, and he has absolutely been a contributing factor to the Heat being so good. Uh, Him and Jimmy Butler – all of a sudden, this one-two punch they have. They're nice. And, uh, you know, with their big men kind of struggling, they kind of mm-hmm. had to have a guy, especially getting rid of Whiteside, yeah. have a guy step up, and Bam has absolutely done that. You know, he's kind of proved that, like, he doesn't just have a game that's just strictly around the rim. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. and, I mean, you know, of course, at Kentucky, he was known for just catching lobs, yeah. you know. And, I mean, I think he still does a little bit of that, but I think he's really improved his offensive game, um, you know. And, I mean, of course, on both sides of the ball. I mean, he's a force around the rim defensively as well. So, uh, I mean, I could really see him being, you know, a top five big man in years to come. Skills yeah. challenge champion. Uh, say, dude, out of nowhere. I know. Uh, I mean, he nowhere. can really do it all. I mean, he's, you know, too fast for the average big, so he can get by you. You know, he's a big guy, so he yeah. can really, you know, body up with any big man. No doubt. And, uh, I mean, if he could develop a three ball, I mean, he'd be the perfect stretch big. Talk about a small ball big for the Rockets. Yeah. Bam out right. of would I be know. perfect for that team. Right. Uh, number, see, I like the Luka shout, but number one for me, Pascal Siakam. And the reason I gave Pascal Siakam the shout was he's upped his points by six points per game. 
uh, by one rebound per game, 3.6 assists, two seed with the Raptors. And who's going to tell me Pascal – you're going to tell me Pascal Siakam was going to be an all-star starter one day in the NBA? That is outrageous. I mean, and I based think, off his performance last year, though, like if I don't think he's – I mean, I agree. I don't think Luka's out of the blue, but I don't think Pascal is necessarily just out of the blue. I think I, I could pretty much have foreseen him – having a big jump, especially with Kawhi leaving. I could see, but with Luka Doncic just having the ball so much, I'm not saying I'm thinking he's going to average 29, 9, and 8, but I definitely saw him being well up there as far as stats compared to Pascal Siakam. And I thought he was going to struggle, you know, being the number one guy, coming off such a ball-dominant player in Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know if Pascal was going to take that leap offensively. He's a great defender, but offensively, I mean, top 15, top 10 in the league for me. Not having Luka in your top three is a potential crime. No, yeah. That's that's a crime for me. Yeah, but I just thought his, you know, his uh, emergence, I guess would be a good word, I think was – you know, I saw it more than these than Jason Tatum's Bams or Pascal emerging. I kind of saw Luca being that guy. I mean, last year he averaged twenty seven and six. I mean, yeah. the points per game has gone way up, but I mean, he's just been See, the guy. Okay, so then another thing for me is this though: you he got the award last year. Yeah. So I don't really know if you can continue. I mean, I guess you can, but like you can only be but so much improved. And I feel like if you get the award the year before, that means they're telling you, hey, you've made it. Like you're not and you're not, you know, obscure anymore. You are now you have presented yourself to the league. You are a big time player. Um, yeah, so I don't really know about him getting back to back awards. I like the shout, I get it, you know, with you know, with with Kawhi leaving, I definitely think he stepped up. There's no doubt about it. But his playoff performance last year showed me that he was gonna be a star. Um and I pretty much thought, you know, when – I mean, I was thinking, you know, when Kawhi was going to leave that he was no doubt going to be the number one option. Um, but there's no denying stats show that he is improving. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really liking you not having Luka. No, that. believe me, Luka will get his praise later on. Um, He'll get what he's deserved. Yeah, I mean – yeah. Anyways, moving on to MVP, our final category. Um, you know, this this could be a little bit controversial for some people, um, you know, depending on if you have an allegiance to a certain player. Um, like many people do have. God, it's um, annoying. But, but uh, you know, uh, anyways, let's just let's just go ahead and get into it, man. Uh, all right, number three, the boy, Luka Doncic, yeah. has made his appearance. Luka Doncic, I mean, as we stated before with Jackson for most improved, I mean, 29 points per game, nine rebounds, eight assists, absolutely absurd. Seventh, seventh seed in the West right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he is outperforming the Rockets, and so James Harden was somebody that I was – uh, considering right. replacing with Luca, and the reason I didn't include him was because dribble, 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 shoot forty-five shots a game. Uh, not as impressive to me. Luka Doncic's efficiency is head over heels better than James Harden. The Rockets as a whole are underperforming compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and having Russell Westbrook as a side, um, you know, I don't know. I think James Harden could be doing better efficiency-wise. I wouldn't think he would have to take as many He's shots, never but he is. going to be an efficient player. It's just never going to happen. He is going to always take his shots. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I I always kind of thought it was questionable getting Westbrook into Houston, you know. Um, I kind of thought you should surround Harden with more of like a veteran core as opposed to kind of like getting a guy like Westbrook that also shoots such a high volume of shots. Yeah. Kind of always thought that was sus. See, it's weird but, because at the beginning of the year, you know, you have Harden at – 
I mean, near 39 points per game, and you have Westbrook down near the 24 range, and then you have you know Harden moving down to 35. You have Westbrook moving up to 28. So I mean, I just couldn't give it to Harden at that number three spot. I thought Luca deserved yeah. it, especially getting the match in the playoffs. No doubt. I mean, dude, 28, nine, and eight, bro, for him is insane. Nine rebounds a game for Luca, like, dude, he he is like he is the most like unassuming athlete. Like, you just see him out there, and you're just like, okay, like, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming this guy's a pretty good shooter, but like, dude, does it all. Like, and he finishes around the rim. He's a good shooter. Um, you know, and like like you were saying, you know, I mean, he's averaging six more points than he did last year, two more rebounds, and nearly three more assists. I mean, you know, making that jump from being a rookie of the year to an MVP candidate, I agree. I ha- also had Luke at my number three spot. It's a good shout. Yeah, so also I would like to see him pair more with Chris Porzingis. Porzingis Porzing has been kind of hurt. Dude, but he's come on, though. Yeah, I'm excited that. to see what them two can do together. Finally healthy. If they get a, maybe a little bit better core around them, I think they can be a, you know, a big threat in the West, especially with the emergence of Luka Doncic. And at number two, I know this will hurt some of y'all's feelings, but I'm sorry, LeBron James. Uh-huh. LeBron James, uh-huh. 25.7 points per game, 10 assists, leading the league in assists with eight rebounds, best record in the West. I mean, LeBron's done it all. Uh, you know, the Lakers, obviously last year they had LeBron, didn't make the playoffs, of course, with the groin. But, you know, I, I applaud him for taking a little bit of a back seat as far as yeah. points per game with Anthony Davis. Um, but yeah, compared to my number one guy, I'm sorry, I just couldn't give him the number one nod. Yeah, you know, for me, um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, LeBron could win the MVP every year. And I think that does have some truth to it. Um, I just don't think this is the year that he actually does deserve to get it. I think that even the past, you know, three seasons, you could have made more of an argument for him than you could this season. Um, you know, his scoring volume is down quite a bit, and, you know, obviously due to Anthony Davis. Um, I'm really impressed with the 10 assists a game, though. I yeah. mean, dude, that's that's a career high for him, and he is an assist guy. I mean, he's always averaged above seven assists a game. Um, so, you know, 10 assists a game is a big deal. Um, and, of course, I do think, you know, this isn't all just a knock on LeBron. This is also due to the fact that our number one candidate is having a freakish year. Um, a Greek freakish yes. year, if you could say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, this isn't really much of an argument. Um, you know, of course, I'm going to get my LeBron supporters that are going to, you know, try to come at me with, you know, that the argument that he should always be the MVP and all that stuff. And that, you know, this year, especially with having a superstar beside him and Anthony Davis, that he's doing, you know. But I, I just do not think that he is the most valuable player in the league or to his team, quite frankly. And I, I think, agree. number one... Go ahead with it. Uh, but before we get to that, I okay. want to say this to the LeBron praisers. I will give you this. I personally believe LeBron James is the best passer to ever be in the NBA of all time. His ability to get the ball to any player on the court, whether it's posting up, whether it's isolation, he's getting it out. He always makes the right play, and I will uh, applaud him for that. But, yeah, as far as my MVP, I will give him – his passing ability has been absolutely exceptional. He is definitely, no doubt, a better passer than Michael Jordan. So I will give you that, absolutely. ladies and gentlemen. He is a better passer than Michael Jordan, I will say that. And at number one, I think we can both confidently say, number one, Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, 30 points per game, near 14 rebounds, six assists. Stupid. I mean, if he could develop a jump shot – it, it's It'd be like, over. It's like a video game. And you lose your my player's team with cheat codes, it would be Giannis on Sitsukumpo. And now the argument with Giannis is, oh, the Bucs are so good when they don't have him on the court. They're 5-0 and without him, but they beat Sacramento, New Orleans, Washington, Atlanta, and Orlando. You know how many playoff teams those are? None. None of those teams are playoff teams. So Maybe I Orlando, think, maybe. I think his value as far as compared to LeBron is – Higher, in my opinion. I, I mean, he's better. highest player efficiency rating in the league. Yeah. I mean, dude, stats are just stupid. I mean, I really don't even want to hear anybody coming at me saying that this guy shouldn't be the MVP. Um, you know, of course, there was still a season to be played out. But at the end of the day, um, 
dude was going to be close to 30 and 15, which is like unprecedented. I mean, that's like, I mean, dude, those are like Shaq numbers. And I mean, and he's also just diamond in just six dimes a game. I mean, just, you know, ridiculous. He does everything on the court required for an MVP. And, no doubt. He, and he is the most valuable player to his team in I the agree. entire league. Giannis makes that team the best team in the league record-wise. Debatable whether or not they're actually the best team, but he makes them the best record, the best team in the league due to record. And uh, at the end of the day, I agree with you. My list was the same. The only time we had the same list, MVP. Let's go, baby. Number three. three always get Number three, one. Luka. Number two, LeBron. And number one, Giannis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our list. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah, definitely reach out to us with any questions or you can argue with us about our list. Um, I always like to hear some good pushback. Um, but yeah, until next time, I'm Jackson. And I'm Carson. See y'all later.